Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for June 13th, 2022. I'm Phil Adler. The home builder sector is no longer rated overweight in the Confluence Asset Allocation Strategies for Stocks. Here to explain the recent downgrade of the sector and to talk about the various forces driving the housing industry as a whole is Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Fearon-Hernandez. Patrick, most homeowners do follow prices closely, even if they're not in the market to sell immediately. And and I've noticed the huge increases that we've come to expect every month seem to be leveling off lately. However, I'm told that housing supplies remain very tight. So is the downgrade of home builder stocks simply a case of rising interest rates, shutting out some prospective home buyers? Well, hi, Phil. Yeah, rising interest rates are certainly a big part of the story, but it goes beyond that, too. For example, the sheer rise in the cost of a home is also going to shut out some prospective home buyers. And the rise in price isn't just from super strong demand. Home builders are also facing higher costs for material and labor. Demand is certainly starting to get priced out of the market, and inventories are definitely starting to rise. It all looks like a cyclical decline in the housing market that may be on the way, and so we thought it was a good time to step out of the home building sector for a while. Well, on the subject of price increases, while they may moderate, do you still see relatively firm prices for single-family homes, at least in the coming months, because of these supply shortages? You know, before the the housing bubble burst in 2007 and 2008, that's what you would have expected. Prices didn't really fall on a national basis before that housing bubble. Rather, they might stagnate from time to time. Since the housing bubble, however, things might have changed. Many, many people have firsthand experience with falling prices now, so we can't discount the possibility that rising home prices and increasing interest rates could dampen demand enough to push prices lower in spite of continuing supply shortages. On the subject of those tight supplies, how long has this shortage of single-family homes been worsening nationwide, and how severe are these shortages today? The supply shortage has been developing for a long time, really ever since the housing bubble burst, for all sorts of reasons, from the fact that many home builders went out of business to tighter regulation over the financial industry and banks' tighter standards for construction loans. The United States has been building hundreds of thousands fewer housing units than we historically did every year. One way to look at it is to calculate the number of new single-family homes built Built per 100 households. If we had continued to build the historic average of 1.2 houses per 100 households that prevailed before the housing bubble, we would now have about 10 million more houses than we actually do. I consider that the upper range of the shortfall in our current single-family housing stock. Well, it would seem that tight supplies might be favorable for home builders' bottom lines. But of course, not if they can't provide the product and meet demand. What other factors today besides interest rates might work to constrain home builders' ability to supply the market with an adequate number of single-family homes? 
Well, like I mentioned, home builders are facing the same kinds of shortages in materials and workers that a lot of other businesses are facing, and that's a big issue. Another issue is that banks have really tightened standards for construction loans. And even if builders can overcome those hurdles, finding buildable land at a good price has gotten very difficult. Overall, it's a real challenge to produce new homes these days. And on top of all that, we suspect some builders are unsure that future demand will be there. After after all, falling population growth, population aging, and people preferring to stay in their homes longer could all discourage some investment. I'm intrigued by that trend you just mentioned, people's increased preference to remain in their homes longer. This sounds like, like a real culture change that, that might be long-lasting, is it? We think it could be. Uh, for example, as the average age of the population has increased, there are proportionally fewer people who are in that period early in their career where they're moving or being moved frequently. And cost-conscious businesses may also never go back to transferring their employees frequently, especially now that remote work has proven feasible for many workers. Patrick, I noticed the price of lumber is declining rapidly. This must be a, a positive development for the home building industry. Are there others? You're right. That's a good sign for home builders' costs. But remember that to some extent, it may also reflect concerns about falling future demand. Well, let's get to the investor uh, side of this. You're cautious near term on home building stocks, but you do remain positive long term. Why? It really comes down to our assessment that the problems like high prices, rising interest rates, and material and labor shortages are likely to be temporary, or dare I say, transitory. They're cyclical issues. When and if the Fed completes its rate hiking program and demand corrects, we think home builders will start to see improving demand again. Like I mentioned before, the U.S. has a huge deficit in modern single-family homes available for people to purchase, and that deficit is so large that it's not going away anytime soon, even if demographics or other factors mean demand never again gets as hot as it was during the housing bubble. We simply need more houses, and so we think there's a good long-term bet on the nation's home builders. Well, so far, we've been talking about single-family homes, but, but the housing industry, as you point out in your written report, is also made up significantly of apartments. How are apartment rents behaving lately? Well, rents are rising really rapidly right now. In the April Consumer Price Index, for example, the rent on a primary residence category was up 4.8% from the same month one year earlier. That's the biggest year-over-year -year increase since the 1980s. So if you happen to own an apartment building these days, you're able to hike rental rates much faster than you could for a long, long time. As consumers, Patrick, are priced out of the market for new homes because of rising mortgage rates, demand for rentals, even with these rising rates, must be increasing. How about the supply side? Are, are construction companies busy building new apartment complexes to take advantage of demand? That's exactly right. Many people are being priced out of the market for single-family homes, so they're turning to apartments instead. The increase in demand is in turn fueling a strong uptick in uh, apartment construction, as many of our listeners have probably noticed in their own communities. Well, I've certainly seen this in Florida. There are thousands of new apartments under construction close by where I live. 
Do you worry about an oversupply nationwide developing? And, and is this worry enough to persuade you to avoid longer-term apartment-focused investments? That's exactly our concern. After all, the apartment sector has a long history of boom and bust cycles. When demand is rising and rents are on the upswing, everyone from big apartment companies to small local developers start building new apartments. They eventually overdo it, leading to stagnant or even falling rents. That's why today's strong rise in apartment building has gotten our attention. For example, groundbreakings for new single-family homes so far this year are up less than 5% from the same period one year ago. But groundbreakings for new apartment units are up more than 25%. The uptick in apartment building has been going on for a while now, so we suspect it could eventually produce excess supply. Would you recommend apartment-focused investments as a short-term interim move? No. Uh, because of the risk of overbuilding in the apartment sector, we just don't see it as a viable place to hide now that we're out of the single-family home sector. We think it's better to just temporarily avoid the housing sector in general while we wait for the Fed's current rate hiking to end and or to go into reverse. Well, if I'm thinking of temporarily moving some assets out of the home building sector in my equity allocations, what sectors look favorable? Against the backdrop of the Fed's rate hiking, we've generally been reducing our previous overweight positions in equities. But still, within the equity exposure we still have, we think it makes sense to focus on defensive, value-oriented sectors. For example, we like the healthcare and consumer staples sectors right now. In addition, we think the Russia-Ukraine war has produced opportunities in certain sectors such as industrials, especially defense industry firms, as well as energy. Patrick, before we conclude, I'm curious about the way the housing market impacts inflation numbers. If price increases for single-family homes do moderate, will this have a noticeable impact on the consumer price data that we pay so much attention to every month? Yes, it would tend to help bring down the overall CPI, but only with a potentially long leg. In the real world, a sharp rise in the market value of our house doesn't immediately impact our cost of living, right? After all, you already own your house and or you may have a fixed mortgage rate to finance it. The way the Department of Labor calculates the impact of rising home prices is very roundabout. They basically survey people around the country and ask, how much do you think you could rent your house out for? Because of the way they conduct the survey, it would only filter into the CPI over time, even though it's a pretty big part of the index. So, sadly, any rebalancing in the housing market isn't likely to lead to a quick fall in inflation. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 